Well, hey there, thanks so much for tuning in for this week's message. We are so excited about what Jesus just did at OS this week. So wherever you're joining us from, I encourage you to sit back, relax, and plug into what God's got for you. Let's get to it. Did you say all of it, all of you, or... I mean, I saw some people didn't even get up. Caleb, did you even get up? I'm just saying. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, but check it out. Th- thanks for uh, showing up tonight, guys. This is uh, O.S. MacArthur. Uh, many of you, I think it is your first time. Um, so if we've not met yet, or maybe we just met tonight, I just want to reintroduce myself. My name is Justin. Uh, my wife and I, this is Emily up here um, in the second row. We are the student pastors um, of OS, and we have an amazing team of leaders um, that help make this thing happen and run. And we've got adult leaders and we've got student leaders. So, um, man, if you want to get connected, um, see me before you leave. If you have like a passion to uh, maybe be a part of the media team. I know Aiden back there will be much appreciated. He's back there running lights, sound, lyrics, the whole nine. Um, if you want to join worship team, you, we have auditions that we set up for those. Watch our Instagram for that kind of stuff. But anyways, I'm so glad you're here. This is OS, and OS is just uh, a place that we've designed and our pastors have, have uh, pushed us to say, man, we want to see uh, Gen Z come to know Jesus and know him better. Um, so that's what we do. This is, uh, we do it here at the North Campus uh, one Wednesday night a month. It's going to be the third Wednesday of every month. So show up next month and bring like 17 people with you. Um, I'll buy you ice cream or something. I don't know, whatever. Um, but then we also meet at our Central Campus every Sunday night at 6 o'clock. So um, you can join us there as well if you, um, you know, can get down to uh, the south end of Wellston is where that campus is. So, uh, but man, we, we designed this so that you could come to know God and know him better. So um, somebody say, shut up and move on. You guys are rude, jeez. No, but uh, this is a little bit about OS. And um, uh, gosh, I don't know, it's probably been a few months ago. I was at a, uh, a little camp and they'd asked me to come down and hang out with them. And um, there's a like, 40 teenagers there, and then there was a bunch of middle schoolers there, and then um, I, I was just hanging out with all of them. I just met them, like many of you, maybe for the first time, um, and uh, I hear, like, so it was kind of two levels, right? So upstairs was kind of like the main level, and then downstairs is where all the guys were bunked, and fellas that are in here, if you've ever been to a camp, maybe a basketball camp or cross-country camp or whatever, and it's overnight, um, you guys know, I'm just telling the story for the ladies, because you guys know what it's like, Right? Um, uh, it's a lot of fun, okay, and we do some crazy things, and all of a sudden I hear, I'm standing at the top of the steps, and all of a sudden I hear um, a bunch of people screaming, and I was like, one, either they just caught a snake, or somebody's dying, or somebody just broke their nose, and they're trying to hide it from us, right? Anybody ever been to a camp? No? Nobody's ever had any broken bones at a camp or anything? Gosh, one time we almost ripped a guy's arm off. That's a true story. Um, it was like flopping. Anyways, so I go downstairs, and I'm like, what is happening, fellas, right? Um, and <laughs> there was a, a group of high schoolers and one middle schooler. And I was like, no offense, middle schoolers, but it was his fault. I knew it was walking into it, right? Um, and, and he said, and, and they were like, I was like, what's going on? Like, stop screaming at this dude. Um, he, was, he was loving it, though, right? Turns out he was a PK. He was a pastor's son. Uh, pastor's kid, and, and he was loving every second of it, and what happened was somebody had used the bathroom, number two, and didn't flush, okay, 
And um, it was a big deal. I think that's a big deal. Flush. All right? I'm just saying. It was just free advice. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight, but just flush. Okay? So, so someone had not flushed. Okay? And, and it was, they went around to all of the, the guys who were down there in the dorm, um, and everyone was like, it's this kid. And so they're like screaming at him and trying to drag him. And he, again, he's just loving it. It was just, it was weird, but whatever. I was like, just somebody flush the toilet. Like, it's not that big of a deal. So we get, the, I, I come down and they're like, we're going to put him on trial. And I'm like, this is getting weirder by the second, but I'm here for it, okay? Um, so some kid grabs a hat, don't know where he got it, but just grabs this random looking, almost like a chef's hat, but not quite. And so he sets himself up as the judge, right? And I'm like, this is so weird, like next level weird, okay? So, so he's sitting there, and then they're like, well, we're the jury, and then they had witnesses and all this kind of stuff. And so me just going with the flow, again, never met this kid before in my life, the middle school kid, and I was like, bro, um, who's representing you? And he was like, what? I was like, who's your lawyer? And he was like, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, they're going to put you on trial, um, and something's going to happen. They're going to give you a squirrely or some, in the poopy water. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm telling you, you need somebody to represent you. I said, you want me to do it? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, let's go. So I walk in. I'm like, hey, I'm representing him. And, uh, and then everybody was really confused because here I am, uh, 30 years old, trying to figure out, you know, like I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm all in. And I just start talking to them, and they're like, well, he didn't flush the toilet. I'm like, proof, bro. Like, proof. Where's it at? And they're like, come down to the toilet. I'm like, I am not doing that. I promise you I'm not doing that. But also, do you have a DNA sample? And it was weird. And it went on for like 45 minutes, right? Um, and and f it was him, and I couldn't lie anymore. So I was like, bro, just go flush the toilet. And like, don't do that again. But I say all that to say this, that if you're ever in a situation where you need somebody to represent you, do not ask me. Okay? Don't ask me. I'm not a lawyer. I'm a pastor, and that's as far as it goes. Okay? Like, I can argue with the best of them, but I don't have a license. I have not won any cases. Actually, that one I lost because I admitted that it was his fault. Um, but, but I want you to know that if you're ever stuck in a situation, you probably want to find somebody who is not lost. Right? So if you're in a situation and you say, gosh, I need legal counsel, you're going to want to find somebody who's good at their job. Right? because you don't want to lose. You're going to want to find somebody that, um, uh, gosh, I don't know, it actually has a license to practice, right? Like that would be a good thing um, so that you don't walk into a random court and here's Justin um, dressed in skinny jeans and, and an oversized t-shirt. <laughs> Everybody's laughing like, you brought that guy, right? And, and, but, but if you're in a situation, you got to find somebody who hasn't lost a battle Find someone who is real, um, and, and, and you want to find a credible source, right? Um, so at OS, we, um, we talk about the Bible a lot. Um, and the reason we do that is the, the Bible, um, I don't know, maybe you don't have one. If you want one, let me know. We'll get you one. Um, but I want you to know that the Bible is a credible source. Um, the Bible is the inspired word of God. Um, we believe that several men wrote two different, uh, two, the Old Testament, the New Testament, 66 books. And um, man, it, it's an incredible, incredible book. But we know that not only is it incredible, but it is a credible source for our everyday life. And it tells us about who God is. It tells us about who we are. And if you don't read it, I want to challenge you this week. I just want you to read a little bit of it. 
Because I promise you that if you go and you start reading the Bible for yourself, not because mom said to, not because Justin said to, but if you start reading the Bible, I promise you that it will change you from the inside out. So go to a credible source, especially when you're trying to find your identity and who you are, right? Um, if you're anything like me at all, sometimes uh, you're just a little bit um, like, gosh, what am I going to do with my life? I know I'm older than you guys are, but anybody there, like we have any high schoolers that are like, I have no clue what I'm doing with my life. <laughs> Emily's raising her hand. Like, I don't even know either. Like graduated college, still don't know what I'm doing. Right. Uh, but, but if you were there, I promise you that if you look into God's word, the answers are going to be there for you. So we read the Bible around here. So we're going, to talk, we're going to talk in Matthew chapter 16 um, tonight, and I don't think we're going to have it on the Sky Bible behind me, so if you've got a Bible, you can pull it out. If you've got it on your phone, bring it out. That's totally fine. Um, if not, just listen to what is happening here. Matthew chapter 16 says this. Now, when Jesus came to the region, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, and they said, well, some of them say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or you're one of the other prophets. And then Jesus said this. He said, but who, what about you? Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, and he said, well, you're the Messiah. You're the teacher. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus replied and said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And uh, I tell you that you are now Peter, and on this rock I will build my ch uh, church, and that the gates of hell will not overcome it. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Let's pray one more time. God, we thank you again for your word. Um, God, I pray that as we would dive into it tonight, God, again, I pray that you would just reveal who you are to us and more about who you want us to be, Father. I pray um, in Jesus' name, amen. So, so there's a whole lot to unpack in this little bit of scripture. Um, and again, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard anything from the Bible. That's totally fine. I want to unpack it for you. So you have to understand a couple things. Um, in this scripture, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's like, hey, who do you say that I am? And if you don't know who Jesus is, Jesus is the son of God, like God, the creator of the entire universe, who created everything in existence, spoke it, and it came to. Um, he created you, he created me. Um, his son, Jesus, that's who is talking here. And, and I know that may seem super elementary, and some of you are like, I don't even understand. I, I want you to know that many of your guys' friends don't even know that much about the Bible, right? Um, so that's why I just, uh, you know, just will explain it super clear. So if that's you in here, no shame. I want you to know, um, come on the ride with us. So, and if you knew that, sweet. Um, but, but you have to understand that Jesus is talking to his disciple or disciples, the followers of him. There were 12 of them. And he said, hey, who are people saying that I am? And they're like, well, maybe you're a, some are saying you're a prophet. Some are saying this, that, and the other. And Jesus says, well, what about you? Who do you say that I am? So Jesus made this super personal. He's not saying, okay, now I don't want to know what they're saying. I want to know what you're saying. Who do you say that I am? And it says that Simon says, well, you're the son of the living God. And Jesus says, cool, nobody told you that. You have a relationship with God, so he's the one that let you know about it. So I want you to know that now your name is now Peter. So his name was changed from Simon to Peter. So that's something that happened in this scripture. Um, when Jesus said, hey, Simon, come follow me, come be a follower of me, he was a fisherman, right? Um, and something you have to understand about the time, um, how many of you guys like fishing, right? A few of you? Yeah, cool. So I want you to know that being a fisherman was not hanging out and going to Lake Rupert and casting your pole in at 11 o'clock and hoping that some catfish are biting tonight, right? 
That's not what this is. What a fisherman was, was kind of the, the lowest of lows. Like it wasn't a great occupation to have. Um, but what happened was in that time is whoever, uh, any of your parents, fishermen by trade, before I move on? No? Okay, cool. So if your parents were, okay, let's just say, um, gosh, if your parents are teachers, then you would have been a teacher. If your parents were fishermen and that was the trade, that's what you did when you grew up. And you have to understand that being a fisherman was not a great thing. Like, people didn't love it. They weren't like, I can't wait to be a fisherman. Like, nobody had aspirations to do that, right? And so you have to understand that he comes from this space where he's really not accepted by um, society or anything. Like, his job was important, but um, we care more about what you can do for us, Simon, than rather who you are, right? So, so that's where we are, but Jesus calls him and says, hey, I don't want you to be a fisherman anymore, but I want you to be a fisher of men, right? And that's not just a funny play. Like, that's what Jesus said. He was like, hey, I want you to come, and just like you're, you're reaching out trying to catch fish, I want you to do the same thing, but I want you to reach people to be in relationship with me. And we know that, that uh, we look through scripture and we see that, uh, man, Simon Peter was a super passionate human. Um, we know that he was a leader. Um, we know that, um, anybody know what the Enneagram is? Like it's a personality test, right? Um, so he's what's known as a six or a loyalist. Um, there's later in scripture when Jesus is being taken, um, you know, so Easter, right? So where Jesus was crucified, all that kind of stuff. When that was getting ready to happen, they come to get Jesus. Um, Simon being the loyalist that he is reaches into one of the guards and grabs his, uh, uh sword and cuts the ear off of another guard. Now, uh, not part of what I'm talking about, but I want you to know that if you're going to grab a sword and like swing it at somebody, you should probably have good aim, right? Like how do you take a sword and swing it at someone and only get their ear? I can't figure that one out, but it's okay. So, but, but Simon Peter was a super loyal guy and we know that he was outspoken, right? Anytime we see Peter in the Bible, Anytime Jesus asks a question, Simon's that guy. Y'all know that guy in class, right? Like that guy that's always talking. It was me, so I didn't know anybody else in my class, right? But, but that guy that's always speaking up, sharing his opinion, that you don't really care about his opinion, but he's going to do it anyways. And I believe that's why when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? There are 12 disciples standing there, right? Maybe even a few more. But as they're standing there, Jesus said, but who do you say I am? And then Simon Peter, Simon's like, oh, oh, you are. And so he's speaking up and we know that he's outspoken and we know that he's passionate about everything that he did. But one thing that I, I, I want to talk about from the scripture tonight is that this is the moment in the Bible that I can really pinpoint to. And that's what we've, so OS Fam is, is the kind of the series we're going to be in and um, just talking a little bit more about who we are as OS, but um, this, is, this is titled, The Moment It Became a Movement. Um, because you have to understand that prior to this happening, if you read the Bible, you could read from the book of Genesis all the way up through when we get to this scripture, and it was always about the church being a place to go to. Now, I get that this right here is a building that we come to, right? Like, this is a place that we come and we worship, and we learn more about God, and we do these things together to find community, and it is super important. But up until this point, the Bible refers to the church as a temple or a place that people would go to until this moment. 
And I can see as Jesus is standing there, and, and if I'm one of the disciples, and he's saying, hey, who do you say that I am? And then Peter speaks up because he's the annoying guy and the passionate guy. He's like, you're the son of the living God, right? And then I can see because it's always been that if we want to go encounter God, we have to go to the temple or we have to go to the church. But this moment that it became a movement, he said, on this rock, I will build my church. So Jesus switched it up and, and, and said, okay, from now on, the church is not going to be a building, but it is going to be a people, right? It is going to be us as believers, that's what the church is going to be. So you have to look at, if you look at the original text, um, the church is, the, the word is ecclesia there in the original text, which means the called out ones, right? And so an ecclesia is a group of people who are passionate about a certain thing that called out, separated from something. Now, that was a common word, right? So when Jesus says, I'm going to build my church on this rock, I'm going to build my church, he says, uh, he would have said, on this rock, I'm going to build my ecclesia, like my group of people, right? And so it was like a normal thing. That was a common word. Um, that, so, so if you had a group of Romans, right, they would have been known as an ecclesia. Like that's just how they talk. That's just a group. So you have like, you have a group of football players, right? You have a group of, of cheerleaders. You have a group of um, whatever, right? Like that was a common word. So when Jesus said this and he said, on this rock, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build my group, Everyone would have been like, I'm really confused because for thousands of years, we've always just gone to a synagogue. We've always just gone to a place to meet God. So how is it that this, how are you going to build this on us? What are you talking about here, Jesus? What's going on? So it's the moment that it became a movement because Jesus switched it up and said it's not about a church, but it's about a people, right? And so, so many people, and I don't know about you, but I'm one of those guys, like I told you, I'm kind of like Peter. Um, I want to always be, like, I have FOMO real bad, right? Fear of missing out. I don't know if that's you, but listen, if there is something that is happening, I want to be a part of it, or I'm going to be upset. Maybe that's not you, but that is me, right? And I've always, uh, okay, I'm just going to just tell you, um, I've always wanted to play video games super well, um, so if you're good at video games, don't ask me to play with you because I'm really bad. Unless you're bad as well, but I promise you're better than me and you need somebody like that you can beat and boost your self-esteem, ask me to do it, right? But I've always wanted to do it. I'm that guy, right? I want to be a part of this thing. I see all these new video games come out, like the PS, what is it, 5 that just came out, right? Like, come on. Well, first of all, it's way too expensive. But number two, it looks so sweet, but I promise you that I would not be able to work the controller, Okay, so you guys know uh, Pastor Chris and Nikki, the, the uh, campus pastors here, their son Caleb um, is a freshman in college now. But when Caleb was like, I don't know, maybe six or seven, true story, right? Mortal Kombat versus DC Comics came out. Y'all remember that game? Uh, no, you probably weren't born. But okay, so <laughs> true story. But, but it, was a, it was a game, I, b I believe it was on the original Xbox. I'm not entirely sure, but um, it was Mortal Kombat versus DC Comics. And Caleb is like six or seven years old. True story, right? And so Caleb, um, uh, we were over at, at the Wallace's house, and he was like beating people, and it was kind of back and forth. Again, he's like this tall, like literally this tall, right? And so here I am, I'm an adult, and I'm like, Ugh. I could be Caleb, right? I want you to tell, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to confess my faults one to another. I have, I have really been bitter towards Caleb since that point. Because Caleb, it did, he was the joker 
um, and I was Batman, and I thought for sure, because in the movies, Batman always wins. No, not when you're playing against, not when I'm playing against Caleb Wallace. Um, I don't know why I told you that story, but I always want to be a part of a movement, right? And we all want to be a part of something that is living and moving and breathing, and we want to be a part of that, right? And, and so, man, hopefully that, that's, that's the church for you. Maybe that, you, you know, I, I want you to want to be a part of what God's doing at OS. Or, man, maybe you're just visiting from another church. Be a part of what God's doing there. But I want you to know something that um, if you don't commit to something, you'll never grow. Okay, if you don't make a commitment, you're not going to grow. So when Jesus is saying, but who do you say that I am? He's asking Peter, are you committed? Right? Are you committed to this? In 1 Timothy, it says this, meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. So give your life to these things, the things of God, um, and meditate on them and that your progress may be evident to all. Because any basketball players in here? Right? Yeah, we got a few, right? Um, I, I don't know. Any hunters in here? People got, do love deer hunt, turkey hunt? What do you do? What do you do? Deer hunt? How, what's the biggest buck you've ever gotten? Nine points? Okay. Another fault of Justin. I'm now jealous of you because I've always wanted to be a hunter as well. But as you can tell, <laughs> that is not who I am. Um, so I'm really sorry that I have jealousy towards you right now. But I want you to know that I'm, I'm proud of you. But um, maybe you could teach me to hunt. Huh? No? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. He's like, please, no. Lord, you won't shut up in the tree stand. That's what he's thinking. I know it, right? Um, but, but I want to be a part of that movement. No. But, but you know, to, to, in order to hunt or to be good at a sport or whatever it is, it takes a little bit of commitment, right? So would you have shot that nine point? Maybe you would have, but I wouldn't. Okay? So we're going to pretend it's me that shot the nine point right now. But you've had to practice your aim, right? Do you, do you uh, bow hunt or is it what? Gun. Gun? Okay. But you've practiced that, right? Like it's something that you just didn't go out and you were just like, this is the first time I've ever held a gun. I'm going to try to load this thing. And, oh, there's a deer. Shoot. Right? Like that's not how it works. Right? Now, so, so we, we did um, some, uh, we, we did a, a shoot out at, um, whose house was that at, Nikki? Dave's house, out of Dave's house, right? And um, it was fun. I, I have shot guns before, I promise. Um, but, but it was funny because there was another guy there that hadn't shot a gun before and um, was actually very good at it. Um, but, but he had to learn a little bit about the gun before he would load it. Somebody said amen, right? Um, and then he had to learn how the thing operated and he had to become committed to it. And if he wanted to get better at it, he had to commit to that thing, right? And, and so... Um, many of you guys see your parents um, who are like, oh my gosh, it's, it's December 31st, um, and I'm going to make a New Year's resolution. Uh, my dad's New Year's resolution every year. If you, if you know my dad, you know that he is not a runner, and I know we have several runners in here, um, that you know that you have to commit to it if you want to place or you have to get better at it and those kind of things. My dad's New Year's resolution, true story, at least since I was in middle school, which was about 2000 and I don't know what, like three Two, something like that, right? My dad has always said, I will run the 4th of July 5K in MacArthur. So if you know my dad, ask him if he's going to do that this year, right? Um, but, but he's not committed to that. Or you have parents that say, man, I'm going to lose weight this year, right? Everyone wants to lose weight and look better, but nobody wants to commit to go to the gym, right? Like, you know that if you don't commit to it, 
you're not going to get better at it. And talent can get you so far, but commitment is what's going to keep you there. And so God's not saying uh, if you commit to everything that Justin tells you to, then you're going to start to grow. But no, commit to commit your life to God, and then your life's going to look way different in just a month. So, so you guys, we have uh, uh, Thanksgiving coming up, right, and Christmas and holidays, and we're going to be with, hopefully, <laughs> that COVID doesn't shut it all down, but we're going to be with our families, right? Um, if you apply this and you say, gosh, I'm going to commit my life to Jesus, when you go to Thanksgiving with your family, the boomers are going to be like, what is different about them? right? Like what in the world is going, like they're a changed person from last year to this year. And I, I don't know what's happening, but they are different. But that's if you've committed to him. So you want to grow out of a situation that you may be in, commit to getting out of it. And you say, gosh, Justin, I'm, I'm so isolated. Join a small group, man. Like we're going to start small groups here at, at North Students. So you could be a part of a small group. Um, we do, like I said, we do it at our other campus, but we're going to start those up here. If you feel disconnected, right, like in any area, I want you to commit to uh, joining a serve team here at North, right? Maybe that's Sunday mornings or maybe that's at students, um, you know, once a month right now. Whatever that looks like for you, I want you to be a part of that. But um, it's super interesting that as Jesus is talking to Simon and changes his name to Peter here, I want you to look at this. Simon in the Greek, right, is a Greek name. It means anchor or rock, okay? So, so they, they used rocks as anchors then. Like they didn't, you know, like formulate out of metal and, and drop it in. They just literally had a big rock that they would do it. And his name literally meant rock. And then when Jesus changes it to Peter, which is a Hebrew name, the meaning of that is also anchor or rock. And as I looked at that, I thought that was super interesting because I was like, he really, he just changed the way that he pronounces the same meaning of the name, right? Or, or I, I think we get this confused sometimes. God created you with purpose, on purpose, the way that you are, okay? Um, God didn't make a mistake when he created you, but he wants you, to, he wants you to put your faith and your trust in him so it changes your source of identity, right? It doesn't change who you are, but what it does is it change where you draw your identity from. So you're no longer saying, hey, I'm going to draw my, my, my source of identity from whatever it is, from another guy, from a girl, from whatever it is, but you're going to put your trust and your faith in him, and, and, and he's going to change what that is. So um, Gosh, I don't know. It's probably been two years ago. Um, we were in New York City. Emily and I were in New York City. And um, have you ever heard of Chinatown? Anybody? Okay, so Chinatown, if you don't know. Chinatown is, um, is a really cool place where you buy illegal goods. Uh, or, I mean, um, they're, they're knockoff things, right? Um, so I wanted so bad, I wanted to have a uh, Supreme Duffel Bag, right? Now, if you know anything about Supreme Duffel Bags, um, they cost... Uh, upwards of $15,000 for a duffel bag. It's in insane, stupid, right? But I wanted one. So we go to, we go to Chinatown and uh, I'm like, hey, anybody have, like this is not the way that you do it. Again, remember I'm the guy that always talks and all that kind of stuff. I just walk up and I'm like, hey, who has a Supreme duffel bag, right? And then everybody's like, 
you know, running around. Because it's, it's um, something that is not um, actually super legal, but here we are. I was, I was engaged in this illegal activity. Don't tell the police. Um, but uh, you can buy purses. You can buy, I wish you could buy shoes because I, I would live there, right? Um, but, but I wanted this duffel bag. And I remember Emily was looking. We had some other friends with us, and um, we were looking. They have, like, <laughs> it's so weird. Um, you show up, and then just random people stop, and they go, do you want a purse? And it's, it's, I promise you, this is 100% true, right? And so then Emily would be like, yeah, or uh, whatever. They, they would just say yes, and they sell sunglasses, all this kind of stuff, right? They're designer brand, right? And um, they look real, kind of. So... You say, sure. And then they pull out, I don't even know where they pull it from. Like if it's, like, I don't, I don't even know. They just like pull out this sheet and it's like this big, right? And you're supposed to be secretive, okay? But it's like this big and, and it has all of the pictures, right? Of the different items that they can bring you. And it's on the street. We're not going into a shop going, gosh, I want, no, 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 no. Hmm. Um, again, illegal. So, so they, they were like, hey, and I'm like, duffel bag. I want that. The picture. I'm also a picture guy. When I go out to eat or something, if there are pictures, I'm like, that's what I want. Emily's like, are you five? I'm like, yes, I want that. I don't care if it's chicken nuggets. I want, no. And so, so I'm like, that's the one I want. And nobody had it. We probably spent four hours in Chinatown, okay? Um, not a great place for anyone to be, but especially if I, anyways, okay. So I go from person to person, and when nobody, when I realize that you can't ask for the duffel bag, you gotta wait for them to approach you. I was just like being real cool, like, like I, I knew what I was doing, I was just hanging out. And when somebody came up, I was like, what up? And they're like, you want something? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, is this a drug deal? I'm so scared, right? And so they put, I'm like, Supreme duffel bag? And they're like, no, 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 nobody has one. So we're getting ready to leave, and I've asked probably every human in Chinatown. And then there's a place called Little Italy that's like the street over. Um, I ask people over there. They're not selling anything over there. I'm just asking, right? Uh, we sat down to get a glass of water. I'm like, y'all have a rim duffel bag in the back? I don't know. I just want one, okay? Um, I don't want to pay $15,000 for it. It's red. It's actually pretty ugly, but it's like this big, right? It's like this big around. Um, and I didn't think about it until this morning. And I, I wish I'd have brought it in with me, but uh, I put I packed clothes to change after work in that duffel bag. And then I was, I was thinking, I was like, that's so funny. I grabbed that. I haven't used it a lot, but um, I go to the, we go to this last person, and I'm already I'm like, do you have the duffel bag? And she's like, nobody has the duffel bag. I'm like, well, I'm not interested. Some other lady comes out of the middle of nowhere, like the street. Like, I'm pretty sure she was like Ninja Turtle and she like popped up out of the street and like she came over and she's like, I've got the duffel bag. I'm like, yeah, duffel bag. And so, so I said, bring me the duffel bag. And this is how they bring them to you. I don't know how, but they look behind you at whoever. And now there are hundreds of thousands of people crowding the street. I don't know who they're looking at, but they know, and she knows who to look at. And I'm confused like I'm going to get stabbed, right? And so I'm looking, and I'm like, okay, what do I do? And she's like, wait. And I'm like, okay, kid you not. Van drives up. A van, unmarked van drives up into the street where we're standing and I'm like, I'm dying now. Jesus, forgive me for being a part of this illegal activity. Like, please right now, do you want me to bow? Like, what do you want me to do? Jesus? I'm, I'm literally scared. 
Some guy gets out, hands her a black bag. I'm like, there's a gun in the back. She's going to shoot me right now and take my money. Black bag, unmarked, nothing. And she hands it to me, and I start to pull it out, and she almost tackles me. Like, do not pull it out. And I'm like, okay, don't know, okay. So I open it up, and I'm like, and like, like the glory of heaven, like shone down on it, like and a light came from heaven. It was like, oh, angels were singing. It was a beautiful thing. I look in, and I see this duffel bag. And I'm like, duffel bag. And, uh, and literally, I'm pretty sure angels were singing, right? And, and I said, okay, how much? And she starts out like $400. And I'm like, bro, not happening. I grew up in Creola, not happening, right? And she, she's like, no, I can't do it. And I'm like, you just radioed from your brain to somebody else in some random place in New York City to bring you this thing. You want to sell this thing. And so we argued back and forth and back and forth. And at one point, I think I offered her more money than what she was at. And she said no. So I went lower. And it was just wild. And I ended up getting it for like $80, which is still too much for a fake bag. But I got the duffel bag, right? I got it. But that was, that was my experience um, in Chinatown. And, and then it occurred to me, like, as we're leaving, and I, I thought I got this woman, right? I was like, oh, I stole that bag. Yeah, I only paid $85 for it. And then I realized that I was the idiot who paid $85 for a knockoff brand duffel bag that I could have went to the dollar store and bought and spray painted Supreme on the side of it. Um, because it wasn't an original, right? Um, I took it on a plane one time and thought I was bougie and then realized that everybody thought that I was stupid. Um, but I still like the duffel bag, so get off my case, okay? But, but it wasn't an original. And, and, I, and I feel like tonight um, somebody needs to hear that you were made in the image of God. That's what the Bible says. That you are an original and God loves you the way that you are right now. Justin, you don't know what I did yesterday or this weekend. I don't care. God created you, I said it earlier, on purpose with a purpose, but gosh, you don't know what me and my girlfriend did right before we walked in here. Or you don't know, Justin, that I was smoking weed this weekend with my friends. Or you don't know, da, da, da. You, can, you can go on and on and on about the situation and what you've done, but I want you to know that as you were created in the image of God, maybe you're Simon right now and you're drawing your identity from something else, but God wants to change where you're drawing that from he doesn't want to change who you are. He doesn't want to change the way that he's created you. He wants you to draw your identity from him so you can fulfill that purpose in which you were created. Hey, this is Justin, the pastor at OS. Thanks again for listening. If you made a decision to follow Christ today, we want to celebrate with you. Go ahead and text the word following to the number 97,000. Our heart is to get you connected to a local church in your area. So no matter where you're listening from, we're excited about the decision that you made today. And hey, if this message impacted you in any way, shoot us a DM on Instagram at Outreach Students. 
We want to know how God is moving in your life. 